Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel. Welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, a podcast where we talk about how to make money, how to keep it, how to invest it, and why use a team. So I have a great team member on today. You've heard from him in many topics. World-leading guy. Just I so appreciate what he does and what he does for the world. And I'm Doc Dung Trim here is uh, with us today. I want you to start by talking about the trips to Vietnam. Because I know you just do such leading work, and this is so important. But really, the rest of you, we are talking about the coronavirus today. We're going to do a lot of insights, but I just want people to know who you are and the work that you do in the world. So start by that introduction, and then we'll get to the coronavirus. All right. Hey, thanks so much for the invite to be on. And um, as you know, I'm a physician, uh, an internist out here in Orange County. And in addition to doing medical work here locally, I have a, a 501c3 nonprofit called Tongue Out, kind of like sticking your tongue out. It's got a silly name. But what we do is I take doctors, nurses, and lots of uh, volunteers, including students around the world, to do a medical missionary type work. And so every year we're normally in Vietnam. Last year we're in Vietnam twice. We were in Haiti, Peru. Oaxaca, Mexico, were the uh, different countries we were in. This year, uh, obviously, the uh, coronavirus threw a twist in some of our planning. This month, actually, I am supposed to be in Vietnam with a team of 30, including uh, our partnership with UC Irvine, University of California, Irvine, uh, taking their students along. But because of this uh, virus, it's kind of thrown a wrench on that trip. We just canceled it, unfortunately. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Talk, well, that's, we're really here for the podcast to learn about it. It's taken a massive effect in the stock market. I have a client. Uh, you actually, I know you've met him. Does a lot of stock trading. Did a 19 over a million in the stock market and is down over 300,000, I think, at this point. So, you know, yeah, it's a tough market position right now. So anything you can relate it to, you know, why you see that happening. And then let's just talk, you maybe start with, like, what is the coronavirus? How did it get here? Is it real? We hear a lot of people saying it's, you know, man-made. It's a vaccine money grab. What is it? (laughs) Well, this is a virus that is in the coronavirus family. We've seen coronavirus before. SARS in 2003 was a coronavirus. MERS, which yeah, MERS, which is a uh, the Middle East uh, respiratory syndrome disease. That was I think around 2012. That's a coronavirus. And now we have COVID-19, which is uh, another variation of uh, this virus in the coronavirus family. So it's not new. We've faced coronaviruses before. As a matter of fact, the common cold, you know how when you just get a cold and you're just stuffy and uh, yep. runny nose and all that, that is a coronavirus that causes the common cold. So, Interesting. Yeah. And so this particular coronavirus, this uh, COVID-19, normally belongs 
and lives in wild animals. It is not something yeah. that the human body uh, recognizes. And so this virus lives symbiotically with like bats and rats and uh, just wild animals is where this virus normally belongs. And apparently it must have mutated to a point where it now can live in humans as, as a host. When we examine the coronavirus of patients who, human patients who have been infected with uh, this disease, and we study the specific virus, the DNA of the coronavirus that infects humans is 85% correlated with the DNA of the coronavirus in the bats. Gross. So in that 15%, in that 15% difference is probably where the changes are, where the mutations are to allow the coronavirus to, to now infect humans. Uh, as you know, this came out of China. And the theory is this. The theory is that there's this marketplace in China, in, in the city of Wuhan, right, W-H-A-N, that this marketplace, they were selling wild animals. They were selling bats and, and different wild animals. And apparently the, the first 40 or 50 cases of the coronaviruses came from people who somehow were connected to this little market, right? And so that's why there's a belief that this came from that area and from that market and the fact that this virus mutated from bats because apparently in this market they were selling bats and bat soup and, and all those different things, right, that we hear about. I mean, nobody can really prove that. Now, the, the other theory is that is this like a biological weapon, right? Was this man-made all we know is that the city of Wuhan does have a, uh, a biological research site where they do research on viruses. And and in that particular city is where there is a level four facility, which is the highest level wow. of, uh, of testing. And where, of, and of where is that? What city? Wuhan. It's in W-U-H-A-N, Wuhan. And so it's in this area where the coronavirus came from, where this infection came from. And that's where the theory came from that this could be a, a weapon or, or something that was tested in this facility that may have escaped or leaked out or, or purposely leaked. I mean, who knows? These are all theories that we have right now. But this level four research lab that tests viruses is in the same city of the breakout of this coronavirus that's now infecting uh, humans. Now, the symptoms of the coronavirus is very similar to the symptoms of the flu. Fever, cough, shortness of breath. So it's not that different from flu symptoms. But here are some differences you should know. The incubation period which is the period where, where you're infected, but you don't know you're infected because there's no symptoms. This is the period of time where you can spread it around without even knowing that you're infected. The incubation period of this coronavirus, this COVID-19 specifically, 
is from two days to 14 days. You can walk around for up to 14 days, and there are some cases now where it's longer. You can feel perfect, and you could be spreading this disease around. That is the scary part. I mean, how do you How do you really know if you have it? What are the very specific symptoms? Is there a test for it? Like if you just went to the doctor, could they just test you for it? You know you have it when you start having the symptoms after those 14 days, when you start having fever and cough and shortness of breath. So that's when you know you have it. Prior to that, you don't know you have it. That's the scary part. But when you know you have it, you could have gone for days and everyone you've touched, everyone you've spoken to, you know, I mean, you could have spread it around. And this is why this virus is so hard to contain. I just heard news that, uh, you know, there's a family, I think, in New York now that uh, has the virus. I know California is a hot spot now, and, and so is Washington. We all heard about that at the nursing facility and a big outbreak there. And so this is really hard to contain because of that, that incubation period that is so long, up to 14 days where you can spread it and not know about it. So once now, the 14 days, like once you have the symptoms, I mean, so I would say, I mean, fever and cough don't seem abnormal, but it sounds like the shortness of breath is more the, the signature of this because a lot of people walk around yes. with, you know, a no. fever and a cough on a regular basis. That's right. So, so pneumonia is a signature piece of this. Viral pneumonia caused by the coronavirus. Here are some uh, statistics for you. I'm going to compare flu statistics to coronavirus statistics so that you can know the difference. The flu virus this year alone is pretty serious, actually. It's affected, um, oh my, let me see. I think it's affected at least... 30-something million Americans, from what I hear, 32 or something like that, latest thing I heard. So this is our regular flu, right, influenza. And of that 30-something million Americans, we've got um, over 100,000 that needed hospitalization. And of those 100,000 or so that needed hospitalization, I think we had about up to 15,000 to 18,000 deaths from the normal flu. People don't realize that the flu has killed like, you know, between 15 to 20,000 people already, the regular flu. And we just, yeah, we just kind of blow it off because we just caught the flu, right? (laughs) Nobody worries about it. But man, the statistics of actual people dying from the flu is pretty high. So I want to just kind of run this. uh, Somebody texts me who's a, you know, not an expert in any medicine or anything, but it came out of Canada and said that one distinction is that the coronavirus symptoms, like you said, fever and cough, but it's dry, and that if you have more of a runny nose and it's more mucus-related, that you probably don't have it. Like, is that any true symptomatic, or is that just an interesting little myth going around, too? Well, I would say it's a gray area, <laughs> because because, the, because it's like not concrete. Yeah, that's what, like, when yeah. I, when somebody asked me a, a tax question or entity, and I said, well, it depends. So it's like, it does. it's a gray area. <laughs> because you could have initially a dry cough, and then, and then after that, you could have, like, a superimposed bacteria infection, which makes it no longer a dry cough on top of that, right? And um, mm-hmm. the, the one thing we don't see often in the coronavirus infection compared to, let's say, the flu, right? 
Uh, so, or strep throat. So we don't see a lot of sore throat, but it's not black and white. These symptoms all kind of overlap, right? There are some that say you get headaches with the coronavirus and there are others says you don't get headaches. And so I would put everything in black and white. But what I can tell you is this, the flu virus in general affects about, I don't know, about 10% of the population every year, right? Uh, so if we got 350 million Americans, then, you know, around 30, 35 million folks are affected every year with the flu virus. The death rate from the flu virus is 0.9%. It's under 1%. It's, it's one of 1,000 is what I'm, I'm trying to say. If you got 1,000 patients with the flu, one will die. Okay. If you got 1,000 patients from the flu, one will die. The coronavirus, if you have 100 patients with the coronavirus, the latest figure from the WHO, World Health Organization, that was updated yesterday, was that between three to four patients will die in 100 patients infected. So look at those ratios. The flu, 1,000 patients infected, one will die, coronavirus, 100 patients infected, and three to four will die. So you're looking at multiples of tens here as far as the severity of this infection compared to the flu. So that's one statistic you should know. The second statistic you should know is that coronavirus, the majority of patients who die are older patients, usually older than, than age 60, and usually patients with chronic health conditions, health conditions that may compromise your immune system, diabetes, um, obesity, or cancer, you know, chronic health conditions, patients who have immune, uh, compromised immune systems, those are the ones that do not do well with this infection. So that's the second thing you should know. The third thing is that we don't see a lot of coronavirus in kids at all. Kids are somehow, you know, if, if they have it, it'll probably be, you probably won't even tell from a cold, right? The symptoms are very mild in children. Unlike the flu, the symptoms can be pretty severe in both kids and older adults. And coronavirus, we're seeing it mainly in older adults as, as far as the severity of the symptoms. So, now, so as far as attracting or, you know, getting infected, I mean, flights are cheap, flights are down. Like you said, trips are getting canceled. Is that really, right. I mean, the world should really stop right now? Or what are some, you know, what's the, so, what's the contagious event so that causes people to get yes the contagious event is the same as the contagious event of the flu it's spread by droplets so if you're coughing sneezing or speaking right it's it's spread by droplets and so if you're if you sneeze do you know how far that sneeze travel on average <laughs> three feet i guess yeah you can try it out so it travels up to six feet. So the way this is spreading is this. The person who's infected, they're sneezing, they're coughing, they're speaking, and somehow these, these droplets get on their hands, right? So their hands are touching their faces all the time. We don't realize it, but we involuntarily, subconsciously touch our face at least 50 to 70 times a day without realizing it. 
right? Like messing with our hair or scratching our chin or whatever, right? We're touching our face all, time, all day. And what happens is if you're infected, you touch your face, the droplets get on your hand, and then you go and you open up a doorknob to a restaurant, a doorknob to a public restroom right? Or you're at the gym and you're using gym equipment. So everybody after that who touches those doorknobs, who touches gym equipment has now got stuff on their hands. And then they touch their face with it. And this is how the stuff spreads. Respiratory droplets. So this thing is spreading at a faster rate than the flu is. That's the scary part at a much faster rate, it's more contagious than the flu. Now, most of us would look at this and say, you know, my chance of dying from this is like 4%, right? Three to 4%. So I can take those risks if I'm young and healthy. That's no big deal. And if you're young and healthy, it's probably no big deal, right? Because you're gonna survive the thing. 80% of patients who are infected with the coronavirus 80% of them have only a mild case of it, which can be treated at home without necessarily having to see a doctor or having to be in the hospital. So that's the good news, right? The good news is 80% of the time, if you're healthy, you're going to do well and you're going to survive and, and then you're going to recover just like the flu, 80% of the time. No big deal. Okay. The, the big deal is this. The big deal is that 20% of the time, you need to be in the hospital, hospitalization. So if I took 100 patients and these 100 patients are all infected by corona, 80 of those patients can be treated at home, fluids, rests, you know, drinking vitamin C and water and all that stuff, right? Supportive care at home. 80 out of 100 can be treated at home. But 20 of those patients need to be in the hospital. And of those 20 that need to be in the hospital, five of those 20 need to be in the intensive care unit, usually under a ventilating machine, right? Intubated. So that is what scares me. The fact that 20% of our infections, and these are mainly seniors, right? Older patients, 20% of our, of these infection are patients that require hospitalization. And so I'm worried about whether we even have the hospital beds when Corona breaks out in New York, in Los Angeles, in major cities, right? Do we have the hospital beds to accommodate the 20% that are infected? Do we have the ICU critical care beds to accommodate these patients? And, and that's my fear is that our system may not be ready for, for what may be coming with that. Now. You don't think it's going to go that far? Well, I think it may go that far because how do you stop something that you can spread within two weeks without having any symptoms? <laughs> I think our one saving hope is this. And we don't know yet, but our one saving hope is that summer is coming. And I am hoping that like the flu virus that goes away in the summer, I'm hoping that the same will happen with coronavirus. That when summer comes, you know, most of these viral things kind of go away because, you know, they can't survive in the heat for a long time and things of that sort. 
So that's what I'm hoping on at this point. But it is something kind of scary uh, right now. It's a virus that we are learning about. We have close to 100,000 patients already with this diagnosis, and it only started in December, right? So what are you telling folks to do? Just obviously be cautious. And I have one more question. I didn't realize like our time just flew, so I totally appreciate it. What are your indicators of, as far as the stock market? I mean, just overnight, it you know did you know a triple dive. Yeah, the stock market is driven by fear, and so so obviously the fear is there. And obviously, if this breaks out all over the U.S., I am not optimistic with how the stock market is going to look if this breaks out in the major cities, right? So I've moved a lot of my money or my assets to safer uh, areas, money markets and bonds, things of that sort. But you either ride it out if you're down so much, right? I mean, what can you do? Right. But I'm uh, I'm not optimistic uh, in the short term, although I, I can tell you that with every viral epidemic we've had in the last 20, 30 years, there's always a crash in the stock market. But we've always seen a rebound in the stock market as well, haven't we? And yep. and it's never taken longer than, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a stock expert and I'm not a financial advisor, but I, I can tell you that usually within a year, uh, you know, the market's back to where it normally is. But this is different. This is coronavirus. So who knows? It really depends on how this whole viral uh, epidemic lasts and how long this plays out. That'll be interesting. Well, we're going to have you back again, as we always do. I totally appreciate your time. I know you're in the middle of giving a lot of lectures, not only about this, but uh, also a cannabis and CBD, you know, resident expert right. and comes and talks to us a lot. And uh, just so you know, a little update to everybody, Mom's Meds uh, and that whole strain is about to go in the ground. So we are probably, I mean, it'll go into the ground this season. So we'll have that product out on the market. And you know I'll be talking to you about then. Yes, yes. And if you're, interest, <laughs> if you're interested in uh, chatting about clinical research on your strains, we can chat about that sometime. Absolutely. I'd love that. So again, those of you that are out listening and watching, we totally appreciate you. Send this around. Let other people get informed and educated by a doctor, not just the uh, Google news that's out there. I always make fun of that. And uh, we'll be back in touch on those Real Money Talks. If you have any questions or have a request, go to AskLaurel.com. And uh, again, put in your information, make a request, ask a question. We'll be back. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.